Good morning, Great Church. My name is Shelly Jada. I'm the Associate Director here at Brave. Um, before we jump in, I want to pray. Lord, thank you so much for your presence. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to worship you. Just being with you um, in that moment of worship, God, and with my brothers and sisters, I just felt your presence, and I don't want to move past that, that we are here for you, Lord. We are here for your presence. We're here to look at you, to see you, to see you rightly. We're here to honor you so that when we look at you, Lord, we're more like you. Because when we see you, when we see your beauty, we can't help but want to be more like you. And I was just worshiping you and I was thinking, Lord, I just want to be like you. Would you help us want to be like you? We need you, God. I need you. I'm asking you to empty me of myself and that you would get glory from this moment. I pray, God, that you would have your way. I'm just your vessel, Lord, so use me. I pray that you'd bless these people. I thank you for each and every one of them. Lord, we pray in your name, amen. I brought my own little box of tissues. <laughs> it's a mini one. I saw this like... I don't know, two years ago, and it's been underneath my bathroom sink, strange place for it. And um, I was like, oh, that's the perfect little box for me on the stage. Like I said, my name is Shelly Jada. Um, I work on staff here at Brave, and Pastor Ricky, our lead senior pastor, is not with us this morning, and so he asked me to speak. I want to bless and honor Pastor Ricky before we jump in. He's just an awesome leader. If you do find yourself here for the first time, or maybe this is your second week, last week, Don preached a good word. Um, if you haven't heard from our senior leader, our pastor, would you please come back and hear from him? He's an awesome communicator, um, a wonderful leader, and we're not a church that gathers around a man. We're, we're here to gather around the presence, but we honor our leader, and we want you to hear from him if you're newer. And so um, Pastor Ricky is well aware of what I'm going to be talking about today. We've talked through this, and so I just want you to know that I'm underneath his leadership, and I'm here to hopefully encourage you. Um, we're going to go to John chapter 15. Uh, maybe you've heard of the term abide. Uh, you know, abide in me is what Jesus says in John chapter 15. I actually titled this message remain because the word abide means remain. Um, and when I was seeking the Lord for myself and in, in, in walking into 2024, I was asking him, um, you know, how to approach this year. This is a new role for me here at Brave on staff. And you might not know this, but before I started working at Brave, I had a little jewelry business and I made handheld, hand, not handheld jewelry, that would be weird, handmade jewelry. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. And so, you know, I was really pouring myself into that and I had developed a website and it was like my little ministry. I had Jesus plastered all over everything that I could. And um, when the Lord called me to work here, um, you know, it was like this moment and he showed me Peter dropping his nets and just following Jesus. And so there was this call to kind of leave behind um, what I had put myself into, which is good. Who knows when Jesus says to go, you should go. Um, but, you know, it doesn't mean it was easy. And I really walked into this role not fully knowing what I'm doing. I'm not some, you know, Bible scholar, you know, I'm actually in Bible college now because <laughs> I realize I need to learn more. But um, 
you know, just not really knowing how to approach this fully. And I just was asking God, how do I do this in 2024? Like, what do you, how do I do this? And I, I felt him whisper, Shelly, just abide in me. Like, stop thinking about what you're going to do. Just think about me and remember me and think about me. And so the word abide means remain. And, and when he whispered that to me, I knew he was telling me to go and seek him in John chapter 15. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Um, I'm going to read John chapter 15. It'll be up on the screen, just a, the first part of the passage. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, or in other translations it says, abide in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so before we get deeper into it, I want to kind of set the stage and let you know like what's happening here. So this is a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples right before he is arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane. Try to say that, Gethsemane. I, I practiced like 45 times. I think I did good. Gethsemane. Okay, I was calling it all kinds of things yesterday, like Gethsemane, me, you know. Um, so he, this is a really weighty moment, actually, in Jesus' life. Right before he has this conversation, he and the disciples were in the upper room. They were having the Last Supper. It's there that Jesus describes the body and the blood in communion, and that he was telling them, hey, I'm, I'm not going to be here forever. In fact, I have to go. And he talks to them about, about the Holy Spirit, and he really um, emphasizes and talks to them in that upper room about his relationship with the Father. And he was saying, the reason I've done all of this th these things that you've seen is because the Father's been working through me. And, you know, it's, it's the Father who's done this. And he was trying to say something to them, and I don't think they were quite grasping it, that Jesus had this intimate abiding relationship with the Father, and that's how he was able to do what he did in those three years that he walked the earth and this ministry that they saw. These disciples were with Jesus for th three years, almost every single day. They saw the signs, the wonders. They heard the lessons that transformed thousands of people. They laughed with Jesus. They were his closest friends. He loved them. Of course, he loves everyone, but these were the men that really walked with him and did life with him. So they saw that he was so unique. In fact, you know, we sometimes look at Jesus and we, and we see all these signs and wonders and miracles and we think about Jesus in that light and we should. Of course, he still is the same God and he's still doing those things. But, you know, they got to see the nature of a perfect man in perfect love. They saw him walk in full authority but in complete humility. They were awestruck. They were fascinated by this man. They loved him. And he was everything to them. And he knew that this was the last time that he would be with them all together. I don't know what, what you would think if you thought, I only have one more, one more day 
with the people that are closest to me. I have to tell them a message. I don't know what you would say, but it would be something really important. I would be considering and, and praying, like, what is it that I need them to know before I go, right? And so this is the, one of the last things that Jesus says to his disciples. This is a really important and weighty moment. And so the key truth, the first key truth that I want to put up, you know, I just want to just shout out to Pastor Ricky. I know I said this the last time I shared, but doing the notes and like preparation is like not easy. And I'm just proud of him and he's taught me a lot and I am not necessarily as great as Pastor Ricky in doing this. So please bear with me if I, you know, jumble around or miss a note here or there, but I'm going to try my best. So um, the first key truth uh, that we have is apart from Jesus, we can do nothing. Apart from him, we literally can do nothing. And so I know you and I are like, well, I get up every day. I do all kinds of stuff. Is, is Jesus telling me to do all of that? Well, no, we have free will, but Nothing is meaning nothing of lasting and eternal value. And so I looked up the definition of nothing. I, I mean, I know we know what nothing is, but sometimes it's nice to be reminded of like the weight of the word. And so nothing defined is not anything, no single thing. Having no prospect of progress of no value, not at all. Nothing. So, you know, I... Um, Asked myself, I, I read that, you know, as God sent me here to kind of seek him for 2024, and I, I kind of paused on that. Like, that verse has been in my mind, and I've been thinking about it so much. Apart from you, Lord, I can do nothing, really nothing of eternal and lasting value. So, you know, I asked this question to myself, and I'll ask it to you. Do you want to live a life that amounts to nothing? No. I hope the answer is no. I mean, none of us wake up and we're like, oh, I can't wait to do nothing today. I hope I do nothing of good value. I hope nothing that I do today matters. Of course we don't, right? We, we want to have a life of value. And so Jesus is, is teaching them and trying to, show, to, trying to show them, I'm going to go, but even, even though I go, you can still live a life of eternal and lasting value. I'm not going to be here, but I'm going to send someone to help you. And the life you live can be eternally valuable. And so we don't want to do anything apart from him. And, and he said the only way we can do thing, anything that has lasting value is to remain in him. So my, and the way that I, my mind works is I just ask questions to kind of get to the solution. So the next question reasonably for me was, okay, so what does it mean to remain? What does it mean to abide? So I wrote in your notes, and you can write, you can fill in the blank. To remain in the vine is to stay in. Everyone say in. In. To remain in the vine is to stay in a relationship with Jesus. So the key truth here is knowing about Jesus is not the same as knowing him. I was thinking about this the other day and how to explain this, and I was considering my neighbors, you know, like, I love my neighbors, they're great. If any of them watching, you know, let's hang out. I want to get to know you. I love them. I really do. They're great neighbors. Almost everyone on my street has lent us, well, not really lent, they gave us eggs, butter, flour. Um, I mean, we're kind of the family who uh, is not great at grocery shopping. Apparently, our grocery shopping is coming to nothing. It's of no value because they always come through. So I love my neighbors, but I don't know them that well. And I was thinking about this like, 
If you were to ask me like, hey, do you know your neighbor? I can tell you so much about my neighbors though. I'm not a creeper. I'm not sitting and staring at them and like looking out my window, wondering when they're going to come and go. But because of the proximity, I know a lot about them. I know the cars they drive. I know, um, you know, the, how many children they have. I know the ages of their children. I know their names. I know that the kids across the street play soccer. Like I can tell you details. I can tell you a lot about my neighbors because of the proximity, because of where I am, but I don't necessarily know them. I don't have deep, intimate relationships with them. And so I wanna remind you, and I think you're probably seeing where I'm going with this, that knowing about Jesus is not the same as knowing him. You can know about him, we can come here and talk about him, and you can actually go from this place and tell other people what you just heard the same way I can look at my neighbors and go tell somebody something about them, but it doesn't mean that I'm friends with them. It doesn't mean if we can say things about God that we are friends with him. This is all about relationship. Jesus is telling the disciples, you guys, I'm gonna go, but you cannot stop being in a relationship with me. Like what we have here, it can keep going. It's possible even if you don't see me. I didn't see the Father and look what he did through me. I was in him the whole time. He was in me the whole time. I will be in you the whole time. I will send the Holy Spirit and I will be with you. But you have to remain in me. And they're thinking like, well, how do we do that? How do we stay in relationship with Jesus? How do we... How do we remain in him? So I'm gonna, um, that was my next question. How do we stay in relationship with Jesus? So in John chapter 15, verse six, we're gonna keep reading. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's focus in on verse seven. If you remain in me and my words, everyone say, my words, remain in you. Ask, everyone say, ask. Whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I wanna make a quick note. Sometimes when we read things like this and we think, oh my gosh, this is what happens to me. Oh my gosh. Am I gonna be thrown into the fire? Am I that branch? Like, it's like, we, we think about that, right? Like, oh my gosh, does that mean I'm going? Because we do, we get extreme. We do, and I, if I do it, I know you do it, because I might be a little weird, but I'm not that weird. So, I, you know, I know we have things in common, and so most scholars will tell you that this is not a salvation message. This is about relationship. This is about the type of relationship you could have with Jesus. Jesus is saying, you can be in me like I was in with the Father, and you could do the things that I did because I'll be there with you, or you can be like a wasteful and useless branch. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a branch on the ground. I want to be a branch in the vine. And all of this, in the beginning, we remember it's talking about fruit. There's an end goal here that we're going to get to in just a minute. He wants fruit from our lives. Not only does he want intimate, deep friendship, his goal is that you live an abundant and flourishing life. 
Now we need to talk to him about what abundance and flourishing means according to him, but that is his goal. He wants the relationship to stir something up in you, to the life would be flowing through you and that life would produce fruit. He wants that for you. So this is not him warning. Well, it's a warning, but it's not him like, if you don't stay with me, you're going to be like a branch. It's, you have to stay with me. You have to be with me. I need you to be with me. I want you so badly to have fruit. I want you to have an abundant and flourishing life. It's, his, it's the cry of his heart. Don't leave me. I'm not going to leave you, but you have a choice. Don't leave me. Do you see? So John, tapped, um, John 15, verse 7, let's, we said, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So to know Jesus, you can fill it in. To know Jesus is to read his word and to talk to him about it. To read his word and to talk to him about it. The key truth there is to remain in relationship with Jesus you need to read the Bible, and you need to pray about the Bible. Because what is praying? Praying is not a formal thing that religious people do. We are communing and talking to God, to Jesus. It is conversation. And of course, there's all types of prayer. We can get really deep into that. Prayer is like my favorite thing to do. If you know me, I'm probably going to, if you come up to me, I'm like, hey, what's your name? You want to pray? Um, I just, it's, we get to talk to God. I don't think we quite like understand prayer is not some religious duty. We have the privilege and the opportunity to run straight to the throne room of God and to talk to him as a friend. He says in this passage that he no longer calls them servants, he calls them friends. And he knows, Jesus knows at this point why that will be possible. Because he knew he was about to walk to a cross. He was going to carry it on his bloodied and broken back up a hill to take on the punishment of their sin and our sin so that we can be friends with God. He wants relationship with us. We were made to have a relationship with the Lord. That's why you're alive. Just a new newsflash. That's not in your notes. This is just an extra one. Like, there's no other reason you're alive. If you don't believe that, like, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, please, Holy Spirit, please, Lord, like, right now, just reveal the reality that you are the reason that we're alive. He, relationship with God is why you're here. And not just for that relationship, but through that relationship. I'm getting ahead of myself. I think that's in my notes later. But it's really that we're here for that purpose. And that through that, that we make an, an impact in the world and we bear fruit. So why do I say we need to read the Bible and pray about the Bible? It says that, he says to them, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I know you've probably heard this so many times. Some of you, this is brand new to you. Thanks, babe. Jacob, my husband got me water. It's been there the whole time, I know. But I really needed a drink. Um, we need to understand that this is the word of God. This is not just a story. This is not just 
a collection of stories. Jesus said to them, if you remain in me and my words remain in you. In that time, they had a portion of the Bible and mostly the religious leaders are the ones who had it. But Jesus is telling them and telling us through them that my words are what is going to change you. My word is what is going to give you instruction. What I say is how you will know what to do in this world. And he's saying to them, think of the things I've told you over these last three years. As I go from here and you don't see me anymore, you're going to have to remember what I told you. <sighs> I'm sorry. It grieves me. It grieves me that we cry out to God and we're frustrated at God and we don't understand why things are happening in our life and we're shaking our fists at him and we're wondering why. And he tells us, he did this for us. This is not just a story. It's not just a book. This is his word. It's how he talks to us. It's how he's chosen to reveal himself to us. If you need to hear from the Lord, you need to read this. And don't read it like it's a subject. I'm, I, I can't force you to have this revelation that this is the literal word of God, that when you open this, that you are encountering God. We all want signs and wonders. We all want to see God do big things. And yet we forsake what he said because we don't read it. We don't know what he says. And then we wonder why our life is the way it is. I lived. I don't know if you guys were here the last time I spoke. And there was a season in my life I never read this. And I told you how it went for me. I was clueless. I was aimless. I didn't know why I was alive. I forgot that I was alive for a relationship with him. And I forgot what he said because I wasn't remaining and abiding in his word. I didn't know his word. And this is the other part of this, is that remaining and abiding, it, it is a choice. If there's a branch on the ground, it's not because God was like, not enough fruit, you're out. I mean, he's not that way. He is so, so gracious. Think of that. Like, that's scary. And God's like, mm, you're not my, I don't like that angle. You know? No, he is, he is wanting to do everything and he will do everything. He's the gardener of our souls, right? He's the one who makes sure that if you are remaining in the word and you're talking to him about his word, that there will be fruit from your life. I feel like there's people in this room, and it's statistically, I'm sure it's just likely. It's not like I'm saying something profound, but I know there are people in this room who haven't been in the Word. I'm not mad at you. I'm not trying to, you know, do anything other than encourage you. If you're a branch on the ground, I want to tell you how faithful God is. This is all it takes. God. I'm sorry, I want to be in your word. I'm sorry I don't value it. You have to talk to him about, listen, I, I need to get back. And this is what he does. Back to life. 
I was talking to my friend the other day, actually, and we were talking about the Bible, and she was, she's just starting to get into the Bible. And um, she was talking about how it's hard to understand sometimes, and I get it. Like, when I first picked up the word, it was hard for me to understand, too. Um, and I said to her, you know, after I just kept reading it and reading it, it started to come alive to me. And I felt the Holy Spirit, like, pause me. And I felt like God whispered to me, no, 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 no. My word's always been alive. It was you. You were coming alive. And I was like, my goodness, you're right. It wasn't that this started making sense. It was that this started working and this started working. Do you see? I was dead. I was so barren. I was so on the ground. I know what it's like to be there. And all it takes is one response to God and say, God, I don't want this anymore. I want to get back with you. I want to be in the vine. And he is so faithful. He will pick you up and he will plug you back in. And then the beautiful life of Jesus will flow through you and fruit will start to come as you remain in his word. And you need to talk to him about what he says. He wants to know what you think he likes what you want to talk about. I'm not saying that you, don't, you, you can't pray about other things, but he's most interested in seeing you become like he wants you to become, and the only way that that will happen is if you know what he thinks. Of course, you can talk to him about things going on, but if your prayer life looks like, God, why is this happening? Or please send this, or I really need this to happen, and there's not really you consulting what he's said about life, you're probably going to be in constant prayers like that because he's interested in getting fruit from you, and that takes knowing him. Does this make sense? Okay, where do we leave off? To remain in a relationship with Jesus, you need to read the Bible and pray. Yes, okay. The outcome, the outcome of a close relationship with Jesus is fruit. The outcome of a close relationship is with Jesus is fruit. This should make you happy. Like, he doesn't want any bare branches. And of course, there are seasons to fruit bearing. So sometimes we're pruned, and that feels not so nice. And sometimes we have little immature fruit that people can't eat yet. And probably we shouldn't try to think we're mature fruit and try to feed people if we're not quite there yet. There's a lot of wisdom in understanding this, this metaphor, right? But do you know that fruit has seeds? And what do seeds do? They produce more fruit. The point of not living a life that bears fruit is that the word of God that's in you, the life of Jesus that's flowing through you because you're plugged into the vine, God designed it in such a way that as that fruit comes out and as people eat from that fruit, that those seeds go into them and that that word keeps going and it's a constant cycle. Remember God said, subdue the earth to Adam? Well, that's still the same He's still saying the same thing. Take over the earth, you know? Like we are supposed to be taking over the earth. Jesus said, go out and make disciples of all nations. And that is not just a mandate for people who want to fly over to Africa. It is a mandate for those people and for us as well. And we complicate something so simple. What is it to make a disciple? What is it to love somebody else? It's to remain the fruit will come out. You will learn in this word so quickly that you are alive to love the Lord and to love other people. It starts to make sense. 
You are alive to have a relationship with God so that through that relationship you feed others. Jesus said in Matthew 22, teacher, which, uh, the religious leaders were trying to trick Jesus. You know, they do this a lot. They try to corner him. They didn't like him very much because he was perfect and wonderful and loving. Like, that doesn't make sense. But it's true. They didn't, you know, they, they were threatened by Jesus' authority. He was taking attention off of them, the authority that they thrived on and the power that they had. And here comes this lover of men. Here comes this man who would walk up and touch a leper. Do you know that a leper had to be 50 paces away from the closest person? That's like out the door. And they had to wear things over their mouth and they would have to say, unclean, unclean, as they came by. Because it was contagious. It wasn't necessarily a mean thing. It was just that they were trying to protect people. Do you know that Jesus walked right up to them? Do you know that Jesus cares about every broken person and in here and every single thing that you're going through, he cares about? The pain, the sorrow, the confusion, the job search, the, the where am I gonna live, the, all of these questions, please God save my children. He hears you, he cares. He cares so much. So these religious leaders, you know, they didn't like how Jesus was so loving and they would try to, try to corner him and, and, and challenge him. And they said, they were like, yeah, we're going to try to make Jesus say like one thing that's more important than the other thing. And maybe it'll like show everybody that he's not for real. And he just comes back with the most beautiful response. And they had nothing to say after. He said, what's the most important commandment? And he replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all of your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says, and all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And by doing those two things, everything else, that, all the instructions that you come across in here, they'll all be taken care of if you focus on that. Jesus was telling them, you're not gonna see me. The Holy Spirit is gonna help you, but you have to remain in me. And if you get to the core of my message, my message is to stay in me so that I can love you and that you can turn into love yourself so that other people can meet me through the way you love them. We bear fruit, not just for ourselves; it's for others. Jesus goes on in John chapter 15 and he talks about remaining in his love. He talks about how he was able to remain in the love of the Father and he wants, and he's telling the disciples, you have to remain in me too. We have to remain in him, not just for ourselves, but we have to for others. Think of a grapevine and think of just like, it's eternal, right? Because Jesus is the master vine. So this thing is probably, I don't know, like a million miles long, right? And imagine like one branch here and one branch here and a few down there, you know, and they had big fruit, but they were just all spread out. That's not how it is. Jesus designed us to be branches together. He created us for community. You know, actually, in fact, um, the branches, they give each other shade and the fruit grows because they're next to each other. And it's this whole beautiful thing that Jesus wants us to live in community. And part of the reason that we live in community and love one another is so that the world sees that he is who he says he is. Remember, your fruit is not for, just for yourself. It's for others. And so this is where I get the joy 
of sharing with you about groups. I, part of my role here at Brave is that um, I help oversee and coordinate the groups. I was thinking about this message. I was actually supposed to give it back on December 31st, but things got switched around, and it's God's good timing that he did it because I could tell you to remain only, you know, my main focus could be remain in the word. Listen, this is, if you, if you join a group and you don't get in the Bible, I don't want that. I want you to really focus. I'm telling you, you got to love this, and you got to talk to him about it. But I love that God had it land on this day because loving this and talking to him about this is what's going to help us grow deeper in our walk and help support one another. And we do that here at Brave through groups. I looked up, I, I want to remind you that um, we were made for community, right? We know that. We were made for community. In fact, we say at Brave, we're all about people. And we say that because we really are all about Jesus and Jesus is all about people. And our mission at Brave is to lead people into a transformational relationship with Jesus. And one of the main ways we do that is through groups. We were made to live in our branches together. Maybe I'm a branch that's kind of going that way and you're this way, you know. Maybe not very many things like join us together except for Jesus, but that's enough. We're made for community. I, I, looked up the, um, I, I looked up the definition of community, and it says a group of people living in the same place or having a particular characteristic in common. I thought, group, that's awesome. I'm going to use that. A group of people. We were made to live in groups of people. We were not made to live alone. Groups are important to us here at Brave because we really do care that you grow spiritually and connect relationally. We care that you don't feel like a branch out on your own. We care that you understand that God created you to be in a group, living life with one another, learning about one another, helping each other, reminding each other, hey, did you get in the word? Have you been praying? Groups are where we don't feel alone, where, we, where, we, where we're actually known, because typically a community starts with a singular, particular, like it says, a particular characteristic in common. Hopefully we all have Jesus in common, and if you don't believe in Jesus, please just give your life to him, right? Like everyone, like, yes, amen. Give your life to Jesus. Don't leave here not knowing him. Come and talk to me, please. I want you to know him. He's the best. I'm so serious, like, I could just, like, please, I could cry. Like, don't leave here without knowing him. But we maybe, we step into a group and we're like, okay, I, I know we have this one thing in common. We all believe in Jesus. You're going to be amazed at how you become so quickly close and friends with people in your group. God is so good at lining up the right branches to get them in with one another. He cares so deeply that you have fruit and that you flourish and you, and you thrive. And a huge way that that happens is by remaining in groups, remaining in community. So there's three requirements for groups. We say all we require of you, obviously you have to sign up for one. You got to show up participate, and you have to be real. That's it. The leaders have a heart to help you remain in the Lord. They have a heart to be friends and, and to help lead you into the deeper things of God and to support you in the practical life that we all live. We care so much. And, and I know that every one of the group leaders are doing their best to remain they love the word and they pray. 
I want to encourage you that groups are really, really biblical. And remember when Jesus started in, in John chapter 15, when we started reading this, who was he talking to? He wasn't just talking to one or two men. In fact, if you think about how Jesus typically walked this earth, he typically spoke to groups of people. He walked this earth with this group of men. Jesus' life itself shows us and demonstrates that he wants us to live in community. Um, I want to invite up the group leaders, if they're in the room. And honey, Jacob Jada, sir, can you give me one of those packets? please, with the pictures on them. I'm missing it. Okay, so if you're a group leader, you can come up and stand in front of the stage. I want to introduce you all to the group leaders. Thank you. I know a few people are out. Um, a few leaders are out. They couldn't be here this morning. You can come in the middle so they can see you. Chris loves being, having attention. He's going to give the message next week, right, Chris? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on. Uh, if, yeah, you guys can make your way. I'm going to keep it going, so um, I, re I want to respect your time. I know we're behind a little bit. I'm sorry. Um, so basically what I'm doing, if, if you walked in and you got this packet, uh, these are the groups that are currently going on at Brave. I made this, you know, so I didn't want to put it down in your seat, so you sat on it and, like, wrinkled it. <laughs> I wanted to come in. I wanted you to have it. And so you can intentionally look through it. Here um, at Brave, we don't expect that um, you maybe find a group right away that you belong to. Maybe you'll have to f uh, check a few out. We encourage you to check a few out and find the one that you are meant to be in. So I want to introduce you um, to all of us who are leading a group. I'm going to start with me. Hey, me and Jacob, we're a group. <laughs> we meet on Monday nights, Jacob and I. Um, we meet in the Kern house. I guess I'll stand here. Why are you, why is there a gap? For you. Oh, this is for me? So me and Jacob lead on Monday nights um, in a home in our neighborhood. We're going to go over the sermon this uh, season. Okay, that feels weird down there. And then um, Alicia and Matt Ingram, they're not here today, but they're, they're actually uh, celebrating. Matt's um, brother is a pastor, and, the, and that his pastor's, nope, not his pastor, his brother's, church, his brother's church just got their building. And so they are having their first service in their new building today. So that's where Matt and Alicia are, and we want to bless that church and praise God for it and believe that that's coming for us. Amen. And so um, Matt and Alicia are doing a marriage study. It's called Sacred Marriage. That looks like it's going to be awesome. Um, and then we've got Chris and Kendra. Chris. Hey, Chris. Uh, Kendra's not here, but probably you all have met her. She's the awesome girl who greets everyone and smiles and has cool tattoos and muscles. Um, <laughs> I want to be like Kendra. That's okay. He has neither, but he, you know, we have Jesus. You know what I mean? Okay, so they're um, going over the ruthless elimination of hurry. Uh, Kendra, I know, has this burden to just really be intentional with her yeses and her noes. Like, she's a very intentional person, and um, I'm sure Chris is as well. Clearly, she's intentional because she married that guy, you know? And so um, they're going over that study. So if you're in a season where you just want to slow down, you want to um, make sure that you give the, the, your time to the right things, I would recommend joining that group. We have a Tuesday men's softball 
softball uh, league. This last season, we were meeting, the men were meeting to play softball on Thursdays. It's going to be switched around to Tuesday. So uh, if you're interested in that, fill out your name and we'll get to you with more details. And then we've got a group on Tuesday, Miss Linz and Mr. Andrews, who sang so wonderfully and was very anointed today, right? Yeah. I really just was moved by the worship. Thank you, Andrews. So um, thank you, Holy Spirit, through Andrews. Um, So they're doing a sermon as well. They're going to be going over the sermon on Tuesday nights, and their group is for younger adults, uh, 20 to 30s. I technically can still be in their group. for two more years, so. Um, And then on Wednesday night, this is an awesome group. Don couldn't be here with Michelle. They had to be out of town, but you know, Don preached last week. He's awesome. He's one of our resident elders. Uh, They have a hybrid group, which is really great because we have a lot of online um, members of our church, some people that don't live in the state, and so that's a great group. If you can't necessarily make it into the house every time, you could always join online with them. And they're going over Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table by Louis Giglio. He's awesome. Um, that I, I want to be in that group too. Um, D, everyone, everyone clap for D. This is why. We rarely see D because D is always with your children. So we got to see Carissa. She is real. She exists. And D, look, D oversees the um, younger kids in Brave Kids Ministry, and she's doing um, a group for moms. We looked over the study. It's awesome. I'm I'm so proud of D. She, I said, D, what about just a women's group? She's like, no, like I really feel this burden for moms, and she wants to grow in motherhood alongside some of you other moms. So please consider joining her group. And then we have the one and only. Miss Nisi and Miss Hillary. Nisi is our women's ministry leader. Everyone say hi, Nisi. That's funny. Uh, She's amazing, and she actually helped raise up Hillary. So Hillary is um, co-leading for the first time, and we're so excited that Hillary stepped into that call and that role. And they're doing a study on friendship, which I also want to do. So maybe I'll just ask God to, like, replicate me, and I'll go to all of them. Um, So please, if you're a woman looking for community and friends, I know Nisi has a huge heart for women. I know she loses sleep over women. She prays, like, she is determined to help see the women at Brave Grow. She's just awesome, and so is Hillary. So please check that out. Um, and then my husband, look at that fine picture. Um, <laughs> I just love him. Linz took that picture, by the way. He's, he's amazing. I could, say, I could sit here forever and talk about him. I'm not going to because I might cry, but he, um, he's really great, and he also snores at night and eats really loudly. So he's not perfect. But um, he's doing... <laughs> He's doing Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. This is an incredible study for men. Um, Actually, quite a few men have expressed interest around this book kind of separately, and God's been confirming like he wants to do something in the men here at Brave. Obviously, he wants to always be doing something in everyone, but I think this is a special season for the men here at Brave, and just give him your yes. Get connected and do this study. It's so intentional. It's life-altering. The men who I know have gone through it, they've never been the same, and you growing friendship and, and, and community at the same time. So if you're a guy looking to get connected, um, I can assure you there's no like huggy, huggy stuff like us girls do. It's all manly, like adventure, probably knives and guns involved or something. <laughs> I don't know. I know you guys like to like shoot stuff, you know. 
Um, and then finally, Mr. Chris Jewers, he is faithful to have been going, doing Starting Point even um, through our breaks. He just consistently comes every Sunday. Like there's no break for Chris Jewers because Jesus never sleeps or slumbers and neither does this guy. So he meets every Sunday at 9 a.m. Um, there's always childcare. And this study is for um, anyone who is looking to get a fund, like a foundational um study and Chris is always trying to like seek the Lord and see what's next for the newer believers but really if you just want to refresh or if you just want to come early and just learn and be with other people it's a great place to come so I'm gonna pray over us and the group leaders and then we're gonna end service a little bit differently we're not gonna worship or anything I'm just gonna say one two three go and we're gonna invite you to go sign up for groups um, so you guys can make your way back to the table and I'm gonna pray over for us. Lord, thank you for this morning. We thank you, God, that you designed us to be in community. Lord, I have a burden that we would not forget, Lord, that you created us first to be in relationship with you. And God, I pray for every person who feels like that branch that's disconnected from the vine. Right now, in Jesus' name, I pray that they would feel reconnected, that their heart cry would be, God, I want to be back in with you. I want to be, I want your life flowing through me. I need your word, God. Forgive us, Lord, for not upholding your word and reading your word and, and thinking it's sacred as it is, Lord. We thank you that this book is supernatural, that your word is supernatural in how it's come about. And I know the more I seek you in it, Lord, the more I find you like you promise. And I pray, God, that we would be a people that don't just talk about you, in fact, I ask you that each of us would have this sense in us to say, God, don't let me be a person who makes claims about you but doesn't know you. We need to leave this place convicted and like determined to know you, Lord. Please help us know you. Please give us a hunger and a thirst for your righteousness, God. I pray, Lord, that we would be people that would have so much fruit, overflowing fruit. God, that the fruit that grows from us, just from our relationship with you, would feed so many. I pray for growth in all of us, in Jesus' name. And I ask you, Lord, that that growth would expand and that we would impact our families, God. That we would impact our communities, that brave would be like a church that was set up on a hill and people would say, what is going on there? And that when these people leave this place and they go to their workplaces and they talk with their friends, their friends and the people they work with and the people they're around would be like, what is different about you? How are you smiling right now? How do you have so much joy? How are you so steadfast and determined? God, only you can do that through your word and through us knowing you. And we need, this world needs us to be more like you. Give us the sense that we have to leave here determined, God, that we are, we are brave church. We are people that were created to help lead others into a transformational relationship with Jesus. Lord, we love you. I pray that we would run out of space for all these groups that everyone would know that they belong here and that they would find friendship and fellowship here through groups. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.